0: In the startup world, people seem to be judged on the number of hours they work each week, but is that the right metric to be tracking? In this episode, we talk about productivity, how productive are we really being, does time spent equal productivity, and how can we increase our productivity? This is Hit Reply, Episode 2. Hey, and welcome to Hit Reply, the podcast that gives you an inside view on what it's like to start a startup. I'm Mike. And I'm Fred. And in this episode, we'll be talking about productivity. But first, Fred, you got a new job. Yeah, so
1: started the new gig on Monday, um, so it's been going well. Uh, I do four days a week there, so we're four days in, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. The, the view's really nice. It's, yeah, it's a lawyer's office and stuff, so pretty good view, nice. looking out over Tower Bridge. Yeah, we went um, up there last
0: week and yeah look it's a nice place
1: yeah it's pretty nice so i don't expect to have that sort of view throughout my whole (laughs) career but (laughs) have better ones yeah and i think we might be moving in a few months time so just making the most of a a
0: nice view at the moment so yeah it's going well nice and you're now you have tuesdays off now as well don't you
1: yeah so i have tuesdays off which the first one was obviously this week so it was interesting because obviously you're you're still working the five-day week yep so i have tuesdays just to get in and, and do whatever whatever we need to get done so yeah this tuesday was good actually um i uh, arranged a um my own standing desk out of containers of of clothes yeah um i, I was i was got we'll a link to that in the uh, in the description yeah let's see it yeah the picture um that, that we can link to in the show notes um the show notes will be at hit slash two and um Yeah, I I got to the morning and I was like trying to be productive and I was like, I don't want to sit down. So I uh, arranged my own little standing desk. So it was pretty cool. But yeah, I think I I quite enjoyed Tuesday. Um, I felt like I was quite productive. Mm. And that kind of led me to start thinking about a few different things about like how do I track how productive I'm being and how do other people track how productive they're being. So I I popped a tweet out that just asked that question to see. Yeah, you know. Um, So I popped a tweet out to see how... People tracking it and got a few responses. Um, and the, the, the interesting ones, yeah, so the responses I got back are people using like time tracking tools. Right. So uh, the two ones I got back are Toggle and Rescue Time. So it was interesting to to hear that because we've used Toggle before. Yeah. And I've heard of Rescue Time and I've seen quite a few people use it. And it was interesting to hear back that's how people are tracking their productivity.
0: So it's like they're they're kind of linking productivity to the amount of time that they spend
1: yeah that was the general the general answer i got back obviously it's not a massive sample size but from the people that answered yeah
0: that was generally like i track how much time i'm putting into stuff yeah so i guess that's kind of what we're talking about today is is that the right way of thinking about productivity so i guess that we should actually define what productivity is yeah obviously we went to google and ask Google what it was. Yep. And kind of the meat of what they said was, it's the rate of output per unit of input. And I think the, the important part there is that they're talking about the output rather than the input. Mm-hmm. And so tracking your time to try and figure out how productive you are is like tracking how much fuel you've used to try and figure out how far you've gone. Yeah. It's the wrong. It's the wrong metric to be looking at. You should be looking at how far you have like the the distance that you've actually travelled, the output is your productivity. Yeah. But I guess it's kind of even though we want to track output, so like there is that correlation between output and productivity. Input is still quite an important thing. And I think this is something that kind of me and you have spoken about before and about yeah. how not all hours are equal. Yeah. You know, you can you can spend these long working hours. I mean, you read kind of, I guess, they're more horror stories mm-hmm. about people working, you know, like eighty, ninety, a hundred-hour weeks at startups and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you think like they can't be being productive. They like their their output can't be of high quality and be getting the same amount of output. Yeah. The more they put in. Yeah. I know for for me at work, I get to about somewhere between three and four in the afternoon, depending mm. on what I've been doing that day and things mm. like that. And I really start slowing down. Yeah. And then by about half past four, that's it. My brain doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And and I save that time kind of the last hour or so of work. Yeah. For menial tasks. Tasks that don't involve me having to actually think. Mm-hmm and i'll also sometimes use that as like reading time and things like that learning time basically so things where i don't actually need that high cognitive power available but i believe you've tried some different techniques and like ways of becoming more productive which don't necessarily mean spending more time it's just spending your time more focused yeah so i've recently been using the pomodoro technique which i think is relatively
1: popular it's nothing too radical but the Pomodoro technique basically forces you to focus for 25 minutes and then have five minutes of a break and then 25 minutes five minutes of break and then after a while I think it has a longer break of 15 minutes but the general principle is that you focus for a short amount of time and then you have five minutes just to let your brain just relax for a little bit if there's anything that was on your mind in those 25 minutes you can then like note it down you can like if, if you're like, oh, I really needed to check something. You yeah. can check it in those five minutes or pops to the toilet, things like that. And um, I found it works really well. I think when I'm working, I often get distracted. So I've got a muscle memory of like, oh, I'll just check Twitter. It's like, no, we need to be focused now. We need to work. Yeah. And having the Pomodoro timer going, saying, okay, in 16 minutes, 29 seconds, I can have a break. I can, I can do the things that I want to do. And I kind of found, it's something that a friend of mine um, said a few times, which applies to this as well, which is that you can kind of procrastinate your procrastination, which sounds a little bit strange. Yeah. But what it means is like saying like, okay, I want to procrastinate, but I'm going to do that later. And it's very meta, um, but it kind of works because it means like, okay, I've got 16 minutes left. My brain wants to have a little bit of a break. It wants to procrastinate, but I'm going to do that in 16 minutes. Yeah and it forces you to dig in and and focus in that time.
0: Yeah, I mean I I do uh I guess a similar thing in the way that I I organize my days, but I do longer than than 25 minutes. Yeah. Um and I do I I wonder at Pomodoro. I I've, I've not tried it myself. Mm. Um uh but one of the guys at work has and he found it really good, but I'm not sure how it would work for me. Right. Um but it's it's interesting maybe I'll have to give it a, a try at some point but I, I kind of do my own version of Pomodoro but longer spans Yeah. Um. so I can normally get about an hour of productive time uh, before I need a, a break and then after that hour depending on what I'm working on if I'm working on a complex problem or something like that then I might go another half an hour or so and then i'll kind of you know go to the toilet and get a drink and then come back and then that's refreshed me enough to then get back into what i'm working on but it's not been a long enough time span for me to have forgotten kind of the mental map of all the code that i've been working on and stuff like that
1: yeah i think that's a challenge that you can face but i think with a five minute break Mm. is short enough that you can dig in there but yeah i don't know the 25 minute rule I'm, i'm not sure how scientific that was originally I don't think they did like a big scientific study when they came up with the Pomodoro technique that yeah. I know of. I haven't looked into it massively. But from what I've seen, it's almost like, okay, let's do 25 minutes. So I'm not sure if it really matters exactly the time you spend in that focus time. But I think the principle is as long as there's an achievable amount of time to to dig into, um, that, that's the key really. So I found using the Pomodoro technique that I can normally at my peak, hit about 10 Pomodoros. So that's 10 times 25 minutes. Yep. um, Which is like just over four hours. And that doesn't sound like that much work. Like if you say to me like, oh, I did four hours work today, I'd be like, okay, you're being pretty lazy. Yeah. Um, Where's the rest of it? Yeah. But on Tuesday, like I I started working about 10. I'd already done a few things in the morning and I kind of got ready to work about 10. And I worked until about eight o'clock in the evening. By that time I was my brain was starting to be a bit fried. And obviously there was a few breaks in there for lunch and dinner and some things like that. But I worked pretty consistently throughout the day and I managed to just about hit those 10 Pobol And that limit of four hours is quite interesting because I'm reading a book at the moment called Deep Work. I think you've just started it as well. Yeah, I've just started listening to it, yeah. And in that book, it talks about how you need to prioritize works that takes brain power and that provides real value. Um there's, there's so many things that we do in the 21st century workplace that is shallow, doesn't provide you much value. Little emails here and there, mm. um things like that, like checking Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, even like just quite a few meetings, so just you have meetings because you have meetings and that's what you do. Mm. Um, meetings are a killer. Yeah. And there's a place for meetings, right? Like people need to meet and talk about stuff, but yeah. sometimes we just do it for the sake of it. But the book I found really interesting because it kind of touches on a point that's similar to what I experienced on Tuesday. And it kind of mentions that quite often there's like a four hour limit to the actual deep work you can do. Right. And I'm sure that, again, will vary person to person. There's not like a cookie cutter rule that just everyone at four hours, that's it. But as a general principle, I found that interesting because I experienced that whilst like, on the, I experienced that on Tuesday and then listened to it later in the week. Mm. And it was interesting how, how much that lined up. And how much that you just hit a wall, like you, you, sometimes you just can't do any more intensive work. You can still, sure, you can do some emails, you can do some shallow work. Yeah. But the real meat of the stuff, you kind of hit a brick
0: wall with. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense and is kind of what I experience at work as well, where I can get kind of a good two hours or so in the morning and about two or so hours in the afternoon um, of kind of uninterrupted, Work as long as people don't actually plan meetings. It's it's interesting because
1: if it's true that four hours is our rough limit of deep work, mm. then you have to ask what else are we doing in in our day jobs? Like what else are we filling our day with? Are we even hitting that four-hour limit? It's interesting because in the book it talks about Charles Darwin, and obviously everyone knows Charles, Charlie Boy, and he had an interesting schedule. He used to wake up about 7 a.m. used to take a short walk. He used to work from 8 till 12.15. I think there might be a small break in there, but mm. he roughly that was his main work time. And then at 12.15, he considered that pretty much the end of his proper working day. Right. Um, and in the afternoon, he would do a few like menial tasks that he needed to do, just organize stuff. But his real work that he considered his proper output kind of finished at, at lunchtime. Yeah. And it's strange because you think someone like him who has left such a big legacy... He thinks that he must be spending all his time working. He Like, why would he not spend his afternoon working? Like, yeah. is he just lazy? I think it, he just likes Facebook. It's true. I, th- I did hear that Facebook was the problem back there. It yeah. was an actual book as well. Yes. With just faces in. It was much, much slower to post. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> um, he was cracking his own version with, like, gorillas and stuff and, like, the evolution of Facebook. Yeah. That's what I heard. Um, but, yeah, so it's interesting, really. And I read a post... The other day, I think it was yesterday actually, from Steve Blank, which shares about this and it says like working hard is not the same as working smart. And it it was just, it intrigued me because obviously I was thinking about this episode and I've been thinking about this for the last week and that just came up and I was like, well, that's exactly what I've been thinking about. So I had a little look and he shares a story about one of the people that he was mentoring that he went and visited and basically the guy was really proud of how hard, well, not how hard, how long people were working for. Right. Um, and he was like, he he was kind of showing Steve, like, uh, kind of proud, like, oh, the guys are still here at seven o'clock. Mm. They're always here at seven o'clock. Um, and it's interesting what Steve Blank says. Like, he, he basically teaches this guy. He basically says, let's not go to dinner yet because they were planning to go to dinner. Yeah. And let's leave and then just wait and see what happens. And um, what happened was that everyone just slowly started filtering out, like, right. after he left um because as soon as the boss leaves yeah then the senior guys once they've left everyone else is free to leave yeah because if you've got a culture of okay like the longer you work the, the more kudos you get yeah you're gonna wait until the people that are tracking your length of working you won't are gone. leave before them no because it looks stupid like yeah if they're still here you should still be here yeah so it was interesting like yeah within half an hour of him leaving like the vp's kind of filtered out and then after that it was just like a mass rush of like everyone just leaving i don't know if it's a rush but like everyone kind of just stampede of (laughs) of wild animals running out of the building yeah and the guy was like shocked he was like what's going on yeah And, and steve was he was just saying like people don't work like that you can set a culture where you expect people to do that but people have a limit to how much they can work yeah the thing that i found the most interesting from this article was that he shared about um the industrial revolution and what that meant for people's work lives. Right. And and back then there was a really strong correlation between hours you put in and what you produce. Yeah. It, it was almost one to one. Like if you put in eight hours, you'll produce eight hours worth of stuff. You put in four hours, it's four hours worth of stuff. So days used to be long. Mm. Um and there was a reason for that because you could produce more. Yeah. And it was a
0: different type of work.
1: Yeah. Back then. It wasn't it, like,
0: wasn't, it was more um, production style. Yeah, uh, but one of the books that we've recently listened to described it as uh, algorithmic. So for, for a given input, you get a given output, rather than um, what a lot of jobs are nowadays, where they're more creative. Yeah, so
1: bringing that back to our original point on the definition of productivity, mm. on the rate of output per amount of input, we used to like use toggle to time track, and when we did six by six, we yeah time tracked everything like religiously. And I think we found some use out of that. Like for me, it was interesting just to go back and see what we'd been working on. Yeah. And it also, again, similar to Pomodoro, it kind of forced a bit of focus when when I was clocked on on a task. Mm. It's like, okay, well, I don't really want to check Twitter and stuff because it's going to add to the time, and then the reports aren't going to be so useful. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. That I think that there's some, there was benefit for us for tracking and toggle. Yeah, definitely. It, it was better than doing nothing. Yeah. Um, and since then, since six by six, we've kind of stopped doing that just because it takes a bit of effort, and we're lazy people. Yeah. So if it, it, we kind of dropped off of that a little bit. Mm. And more recently, we've been tracking. Okay, so what are we achieving in our time? And we kind of set a weekly. Every week on a Monday, we get together and we say, okay, what are we going to try and do this week? Yep. And we we do that in Trello, and we have a simple board, and we kind of push things through. And then each week, we have okay. Um, this like a done column for ending that sunday night and it means that each week we're tracking what our output is rather than our input yeah and i think that's a good step forward for us and i feel like a lot of people do that but if you're not doing that yet then there's, there's a good way to move forwards to rather than to glorify okay i'm spending this much time it's like just get the work done and see what you can produce each week in in amongst that like i'm part of a mastermind and in that mastermind we set uh the one key goal for each week and that is really good as well and brings a bit of accountability and again it's like if you're in a mastermind and you're setting these goals Mm. there's an accountability it brings to say what that is you're going to be doing and if people think you're working on crap they're going to call you out on that yeah and it means that each week i should be working on something that's providing value Mm. and i should be able to be moving forwards because of that
0: yeah, I've just uh, joined a new mastermind. Uh, I've got my first first call this week. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. That's I, good. I can report back next week.
1: Yeah, it's good, man. I think we should do a whole episode on the benefits of community and stuff like that. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be
0: said for it, but uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of mastermind groups. Mm. So we've spoken about inputs and and your outputs, but I guess the the thing that we haven't mentioned yet is. Why you're doing what you're doing? Yeah. Why? Why are you putting this work in, and what things are you getting out? Um. And I think that's something that that we sometimes lose sight of. Maybe. Yeah. Is why we're doing things, and it's you know it's going to be different for everyone, but we all have goals that we want to achieve. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why we're starting a business. There's a reason why you're starting a business, and it's important not to lose sight of where you're heading, that destination. I mean, if we we go back to the analogy earlier from, you know, tracking fuel to figure out how far you've gone, it's it's all well and good if you then start, you know, actually tracking how far you've gone. But if you're traveling in the wrong direction, then it doesn't matter how far you've gone, you're in the wrong direction. So it's important to kind of focus on your goals and where you want to be heading. I think that's
1: a really important point because... I don't know if it's just us, and I feel like it's not, but we have quite a lot of plates we're spinning. Mm. Um, So we've got this podcast now, and we've got the Prodigo, our new um, startup that we're working on. Yep. And we've got a bunch of other projects that we've worked on in the past that if we could, in an ideal world, would be making them better because we can see how we can make them better. We can provide more value for the users, et cetera. Yeah. And it's easy to try and get pulled in lots of directions Mm. and just to almost do the thing that's shouting loudest at you. And you hear that at work quite a lot, like emails and stuff. People will often prioritize the thing that seems really urgent. Yeah. And they don't necessarily prioritize what's important. Mm. And I think that's where this comes in again. Like, we have to make sure that, as you say, we're not driving in the wrong direction. We're not just, so we, we could be like working on any, any of our projects now and we could be outputting a lot of work. Um, but that's not helpful if it's not moving us towards our goal. Yeah. And at that point, you have to go back and say, Okay, what what is our goal? And as you say, starting a startup. And you can even go further than that in some ways. And you can actually dig in a bit more than that. And you can say, well, why do you want to start a startup? Um, What what is it you're trying to get out of it? And understanding what your core motivations are in everything we do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I guess that kind of feeds into kind of what we spoke about in, in learning to launch. Yep. Of the idea of the five whys. Yeah. Of asking yourself, why do I want to do this? And then once you give yourself an answer, it's kind of like, well, why? Yeah. And you ask yourself why kind of five times to try and figure out what the actual root cause is. The root meaning and why you want to do something. Yeah. It's not just, oh, I'm hungry. Yeah. It's, well, actually you're hungry because you woke up late, because you went to bed late. Yeah. Because you were working on something so you didn't have time to have breakfast in the morning. Yeah. And it's looking at that root cause. Yeah. That's kind of an important point to... Not always know where you 're heading, yeah, and the real reasons,
1: yeah, I totally agree, and when I first heard the five wise thing, I was like, well that's so simple, mm. like it almost doesn't deserve being a principle, like <laughs> it's like it's, the five whys we do, you, do? Yeah. you say why five times, so it's like, okay, cool, but it it does work you You just dig into what your real motivation is, and mm. I think that's really useful, and I know that for us it's good for us working on stuff together and having ambitions to to run a startup together to know what our core motivations are. Yeah, you want to start a business, okay, why do you want to do that? Is it so that you can sip like pina coladas on Barcelona Beach? Or is it because you want to run a massive organization or things like that? And I think if it's good to know that for ourselves, like just knowing that for ourselves is useful. But if you're in a team, it becomes even more useful. Yeah, definitely. So knowing why we're doing stuff is really useful. Mm. And once you've you know why you're doing it, you can kinda of work backwards. So if your big goal is to sip pina coladas on on the beach, then you can achieve that in lots of different ways. Yeah. You could just quit your job and go and rack up <laughs> debts. Yeah. Um as a as a guy I knew that yeah, he did that sort of thing. He <laughs> didn't think about tomorrow, he was like, cool, just gonna do today and didn't it didn't seem like it's working out too well for him. Uh, but there's shocker. Up, Yeah. <laughs> I know, spoiler alert <laughs> But there's other ways of doing stuff which maybe make more sense in the longer term. Mm. Um, so you can try and get money coming in on a monthly basis that requires you not to do that much work. Or you could use like passive income, which is quite um, common and popular these days, like Tim mm. Ferriss and his four-hour work week way of doing stuff. And in that way, you could work a few hours a week just to check up on some stuff. Yeah and the rest of it you're on the beach or you could go and get a beach job right you could just go and get a job on the beach yeah and maybe that would be what you want so i think it's worse once you know kind of okay what i really want is this you can then think about what's the best way for me with my skills to achieve that Hmm. once you've got that then you say okay well how can i work towards that what what do i need to be achieving to do that so for us we want to start the startup so a couple of years ago we realized that we weren't on a good path for that we kept on failing to launch anything which obviously yep. is not a good habit if you want to start a business
0: it's about as the worst place you can
1: be yeah yeah consistently failing yeah so we uh made a change and we said okay well let's get good at shipping stuff because that is a stepping stone for us to move forwards. yeah and now we're looking to build an audience and looking to launch prodigo and i think there's a lot of inputs that go into that machine and it's not really worth going into. But obviously, it's our time, like spent coding, reading, designing, chatting to people. Mm. There's a whole bunch of inputs, but we all work it back from what is it that we're trying to do? Where yeah. where are we trying to go?
0: Yeah, I think there's a there's a good quote from Nathan Bashor, um, a tweet that he sent out where he said, "When you look back six months from today and don't feel embarrassed by your naivety, there's a problem." And I think that's you know, he's got a good point there. That it's kind of you always need to be moving forwards you need to be like achieving something yeah and i guess it's not just something really it's you need to be achieving outputs that bring you closer to your your goal where you want to be
1: yes yeah i totally agree like making progress towards where you're at and i think six months is a really good marker point to to look back on and to see where you've come i I totally agree with that
0: yeah so i think you know if if you're going to be able to look back in six months and, and see what you've done then that means that you need to be tracking your outputs. You need to be tracking kind of how close you're getting to achieving your your longer-term goals. So how do you guys do that? How do you track your productivity? How do you quantify whether you're actually moving closer to your long-term goals? Hit reply and let us know.